welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, a space, a comfortable space where people come to share. You are going to hear personal stories of virtues, victories, challenges, setbacks, accomplishments, observations, and teachable moments, all rooted in spiritual principles. I'm Emma. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, and I'm Emma. I'm so glad that you decided to drop in. Um, You know, with this this conversation and this platform, we have the opportunity to meet, share, talk, exchange information. And, you know, one of the, the purposes of Just Folks is to bring to everyone uh, stories that may they may, may may not have actually uh, heard before. So along with that, you have to back it up with some information, something factual. And so today, I'd like to introduce you to a very distinguished gentleman, uh, Dr. Lionel Lyles, who is joining us and will be appearing on a regular basis to educate us, to uplift us, and to help us to function in society in ways that perhaps we hadn't considered. He is a wealth of information. He is a wealth of information. He has a wealth of information. And so I'd like to welcome Dr. Lionel Lyles. How are you, Dr. Lyles? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on the show this morning. And it's my distinct pleasure to be with you this morning to talk about Uh, Some of the things that I've been involved in as it relates to my work, research, and education, and working with people in the community. I'm sorry. At the university level, at the graduate level. I'm sorry. And just in a way of. Hello, everyone. Welcome, folks. Welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma. And I'm Emma. You know, when I started this platform, one of the goals that I had in mind was to educate and uplift and uh, to make accessible to people and through all the conversations that we have and the stories that we tell, information and facts to help us to navigate our way through society. Well, today we have the distinct pleasure of having a very, very special guest whom I'm hoping will continue to join us on a number of occasions. His name is Dr. Lionel Lyles. He is a wealth of knowledge, and I said it just the way I mean it. He is a wealth of knowledge, and he has a wealth of knowledge, which he has very, very generously agreed to share with us today and hopefully in the future. And so without any further comments from me, I'd like to introduce you to a very excellent source of information and an inspiration, Dr. Lionel Lyles. Hi, Dr. Lyles. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on the program. And I'd like to simply begin by saying that, uh, just in a way of an introduction briefly, I graduated from an HBCU, Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with a degree, undergraduate degree in education, geography, with an emphasis on social, economic, and political problems and climate. And I went on from there to graduate school, the University of Colorado, Boulder, 
where I received a master's degree and a doctoral degree in those same fields in 1977. And since then, I've been extensively working on research dealing with everyday grassroots people and to determine as best the data would show whether or not being a fulfilled, happy, peaceful, free, and spiritual life. And one of the things, uh, just in the ways in the Constitution of the United States, is the Declaration of Independence, written by Thomas Jefferson. And it basically says, we hold these truths to be self HBCU, Southern University of Louisiana, with a degree under doubt by their creator, which, and I went on from there to graduate, where I received a master in those same fields in 19. I've been extensively working in a month to determine whether or not being a fulfilled, happy, in the pursuit of happy constitution. So, written by Thomas Jefferson. Michael. Michael. I hear you, Emma. I didn't hear you. We, if this is looping. I don't know what's going on, Dr. Lyles, but the introduction that you started literally started playing over top of you as you're speaking. Um, I think maybe we should send a different, um, a new invitation. Maybe there's something wrong with this particular connection. Because this, this has never happened with anybody except when you and I speak, Dr. Lyles. I've done it. I can't count them all now. Quite a few interviews, and I. <laughs> this is just I don't bizarre. Know why. I, I don't either. It's bizarre. Literally, you as you spoke, and you continued through your your um, presentation. The very first words that you said were playing over top of you as you were speaking. I, I don't know what that's about. So. You think. You think it would be my computer at all on my end? Um, that's what I'm here. It could be. Can you try coming in over the phone? I just want to speak up. Try using your cell phone because that's how that works. He wants me to do my telephone. Yes, try the phone. Stay on this link, but then also dial in using your phone. Because if we can get a clear connection with your phone. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, folks, and welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma. I'm Emma, and I'm so glad you could join in today. You know, when I started this platform, one of the things I had in mind was to provide uh, a way to educate and uplift all the viewers and listeners. And so with that in mind, I was able to um, make contact with a very special gentleman. His name is Dr. Lionel Lyles. And we are really honored to have him with us because he not only is a great source of information, he's willing to share it. And his expertise is really unmatched. Um, without further ado from me, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Lionel Lyles. How are you, Dr. Lyles? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the program today. And just in the way of 
saying a few words about myself for your audience. I graduated from Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with an undergrad degree in geography, social, economic, political, environmental, and climate change problems. And I went on to the University of Colorado Boulder where I did further study on the same subjects of political, economic, climate change, geography. And I finished my master's and doctoral degree in 1977. And since that time, I've been extensively involved in working for the past 40 years on problems pertaining to working class everyday just folks and seeing whether or not, as best the data would show, whether they are happy, fulfilled, joyous, and living a full spiritual existence. And one of the things that I really looked at initially was the Declaration of Independence, which was written by Thomas Jefferson, 1776. And basically it says, as we all know, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among them is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. However, many people, particularly Africans at the time, were not considered to be complete human beings. So the question then becomes, uh, how well uh, were they able to pursue happiness? So I did extensive research. I wrote a book called The Historical Development of Capitalism in the United States and its effect on the American family from pre-colonial times to the present. And what I discovered is as each decade passed, uh, people were producing more and more value in terms of output in the factory and other places, but their life experiences were not keeping pace. So there was a gap and a disparity, which we will talk about as we continue through the conversation. Well, that's a, an excellent point to start. And what I'd like to point out to the audience is that what we hope with this presentation is that you can continue to come back and uplift and educate us. In fact, uh, we really wanna call this segment, Wake Up, Stand Up For Your Rights. And along those lines, there are multiple ways to approach this. Um, you mentioned the spiritual aspect, and that's important to keep in mind, I feel, um, because nothing happens in isolation. And so starting from this point of, you know, waking up and standing up for yourself, um, what, what does that really mean? That's a good question. In order to really understand where one is or where I am or where we are in terms of where we have come from, 
from say when the beginning of the United States as a country, from the constitution period all the way up till today, the question becomes, am I really living a fulfilled life? Can I pursue happiness? And when you look at psychology, uh, psychologists informs us that um, happiness is a state of mind. It's a spiritual existence within oneself and it cannot be pursued. I can pursue a business career. I can pursue um, writing a book, but can I pursue happiness? So in order for us to know what is going on in our day-to-day -day life, both socially, politically, economically, in our own personal households, within our own selves, we have to wake up. And waking up simply means we have to gain more information and to challenge ourselves to open up our minds so that we can do like a seed when you put it in the ground in the spring and then see it germinate and grow. So we have to germinate and change our outlook so that we can determine for ourselves whether or not we're still asleep or we are awake. For instance, if I go to a doctor and the doctor will say, and I use the doctor's metaphor, the doctor, if I come into his or her office and I complain that something is wrong with my knee, the first thing the doctor is gonna ask me is to wake up, tell me something about your knee. Give me a little history. When did this start? Does it hurt? How bad does it hurt? And what have you been taking for it? And so on. So we have to do the same thing for our community, for our household. And we have to look at ways to become awake. So what, what does that look like? You had mentioned understanding history. A, a medical doctor would ask you, you know, ask you those pertinent questions. So what kinds of questions do we need to ask of ourselves historically? Am I employed? Do I have an education? Have I had the opportunity through the years, through my family lineage? Am I the first person to get a college education in my family or have there been several siblings through the generations who have really not been able to go to college? They have just been able to finish high school or even not finish high school. So waking up means, do I have the right and do I deserve the, an education, and if I don't, then 
I'm not going to wake up. And one of the things we can test ourselves with is what we, what I call an asleep test. If I'm asleep, and if I make the two columns on one column in the right-hand corner of the page, I will write down all the things that I feel I do not have. If I do not have healthcare, if I do not have an opportunity to go to college, if I do not have uh, money to get an insurance, healthcare, and so on. And then on the other column, write down the things that I do have. And if the column on the right, you have more things that you do not have, as opposed to those that you do, then that could be an indication to me or to someone that I need to become awake and take some decisive steps. And that's what this whole pro process here is to say, we have at our disposal some steps that we can take okay. to come awake. What sort of steps, what does that look like? Well, one of the steps, first of all, is to determine without being in denial, whether or not I am a happy person. And that's a personal uh, decision one has to go inside and take a look. And if- Let, let me ask you a question then. Um, this list, this, this waking up uh, of being able to really analyze yourself and see if uh, what you have, how it compares to what you don't have. Two people with the exact same list living in different parts of the country, perhaps, or maybe even in the same neighborhood, might have completely different views. One person having a long list of have-nots compared to what they have might say, well, I'm very happy. What do, you, what do you say, to, you know, what, what do we do with that kind of response? Well, it's the response of someone as you or I might have heard, and I've heard this many times talking to people when they say that, well, I don't, living in, let's say Appalachia, um, living in, in Louisiana or in some rural isolated community, and if I really haven't had exposure to what is available in the way of things that I need to grow and to help develop myself, then I might say I'm doing fine. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of once again, uh, just because the person who hasn't had uh, the exposure does not mean that they are doing just fine and that they are awake. It's just that they are not aware yet that instead of not having the college education, it doesn't mean that you do not need one. It's just that you may not be aware of the fact yet or awaken to the fact yet that this is something that you need. Okay. So Dr. Martin Luther King 
said during the civil rights era back in the 60s, 1960s, he gave the metaphor of Rip Van Winkle who slept 20 years. And that simply means that we're walking around, but our eyes are open, but we are not conscious of the fact that we are really asleep. And for instance, if I go to a diner, as Malcolm X once stated, and if I'm sitting at the table, the dining room table, and I have a plate in front of me and everybody else sitting around me isn't enjoying their dinner. And I am asked, how are you enjoying your dinner, Lionel? And I say, I'm doing just fine, but I don't have any food on my plate. And so it's a matter of psychologically becoming aware that a slice of cake versus a crumb that a cake is made of, there's a difference. And then when we start to understand that there is a difference, then we can begin to ask some more pertinent questions to ourselves about waking up. Well, that and seems, so, I'm sorry, that seems to be quite a task though when you look at everything that we're facing in society. It, um, is a, it is a task, but it's not a task that cannot be addressed. It's just that we have to utilize information. It's like if someone has a really terrible illness or disease, we're not gonna give up on that person. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna run tests. We're gonna examine. We're gonna investigate. And as we do that, we start to get clearer about what it is that's causing the problem. What is the matter? Now, from the beginning of the country that we live in, America, uh, we have heard through the years that there are so many disparities. There's a disproportion between one group, racial group, and another group between African-Americans and white Americans. There's a, there's a gap. There's an income gap. There's an education gap. There's a housing gap. There's an employment gap. So these disparities have come through the generations and all we need to do, and I say all we need to do, is that we have to take a, a concrete, unbiased look at them and then see what it is I'm missing and how I need to proceed in asking for what it is I deserve. And if I deserve an education, I can't necessarily wait and sit and wait and sit. Uh, Rita Franklin, Queen of Soul said, we have to call this song exactly what it is, the situation. Yes. So when we start doing that, 
when we start asking a question, that's all that it takes is to ask one question and then one question leads to another and then one question leads to another question and then we start to come in closer to uh, an understanding of something, a breakthrough. Yes. Well, given all, as I said, all the issues that we have, and we've, we've chatted a bit before, so uh, we've identified COVID-19, unemployment, the minimum wage, food insecurity, housing, education, prison incarceration, police brutality, um, Black Lives Matter, and you've indicated colorless labor power. I know you want to speak on that. Reparations, the coup d'etat attempt, uh, poverty, child poverty, oppression of women, the social media, alcoholism, healthcare, drug abuse, the opioids, academic, racial issues. We could talk forever. What's, you know, what's, how do we proceed? Well, how we proceed is simple, but it's a profound step. We have heard recently in the media about this idea of QAnon, for example, what is that? Or we've heard about the Oath Keepers, what is that? We did witness January 6th, the storming of the US Capitol and all of what that means. And so the question is, how did we get to this point? And we got to this point and all of the problems that you listed earlier, incarceration, uh, child abuse, domestic violence, unemployment, COVID-19, healthcare disparities. We have been consuming misinformation. So if we're gonna solve a mathematical problem, we have to have a formula and that formula if it is the correct formula, then we're gonna to come to a correct answer. But if we are utilizing a formula that is not correct, or it has a deficiency in it, if it's one-sided, if it's not rooted in reality, if it's alternate reality, then this becomes misinformation. And of course, social media, and I'm not blaming social media, it's just a platform, it's a tool. And of course, lots and lots of information is on it. And much of that information, in many instances, we have to examine it to see if it is going to inspire, uplift, open up, or create an opportunity to grow or if it's going to keep me oppressed or if it's going to keep me asleep and not being awake. Well, 
the thing is, you know, people look at all of this information. We are awash in, with information. It's everywhere. You and every everyone has a phone and access to the internet one way or the other. And so through, with all of this information, how do you verify? How do you distinguish between what's really good for you and what's not? What's real and what isn't? Well, we have to look at our behavior. If I am looking at the television, my screen time is seven, averaging seven hours a day, and I'm unemployed, then the question is, what, what am I consuming in my screen time? Is it bringing me into an awareness that I'm getting information that's good information that's saying to me, I need to go to a training program if I want to be a technician or if I want to be a teacher or if I want to be an engineer or if I want to be a farmer. Is the information I'm receiving indicating to me, this is how you go about becoming this kind of skilled person. But if the information, yes, go ahead. If what, what this brings up for me is in particular, a good percentage of the country uh, have bought into a narrative under the QAnon umbrella. If those people apply the same questions, how is it they're arriving at the, at the conclusion that they're, that, you know, that the election was stolen and that somehow uh, Donald Trump is still president? Well, let me try to make it plain. And that by saying, if we take a nickel or a coin, it has two sides. There's a head and a tail or whatever you want to call one side versus the other side. It may be up or down, but it's a part of a holistic whole. But what happens if I am invited to a gathering socially where a certain card game is being played and the deck of cards, which I believe ought to have 52 cards in it, but we're playing with someone has taken out five of the cards. And now we're playing with a deck of cards that have only say 48 cards in the deck. And so playing with that limited and defective deck of cards, the game is not gonna be understood and it's not going to be won and it's going to keep the people playing the game arguing among themselves because somehow they're not going to win. So the QAnon believers feel like they're not winning the game. And so they are dealing with half of the truth. In other words, if the election says that one candidate received 10 votes and the other candidate received five votes, the question is, 
what is it about this particular statistic, simple as it may be, that is not understood? But you have to go all the way back to the person who says, I'm a QAnon believer. That person started in the first grade. And how much information did that individual miss in their educational experience? Uh, what was said to them in their educational experience? Did they receive, and we're gonna talk about these issues. There was a period in our experience called segregation. So then we get into behavior of say privilege and this group is not necessarily as good as another group and the group that I'm in is the best group. So, but then does the teachers say, yes, you are the best and here's why you are the best and is this correct information? So we have the QAnon group and others operating as it is real, but they are dealing with a shortfall of information. And as a result, they are making statements, and this is why it's called conspiracy. And there's no such thing is as a conspiracy, the conspiracy is, I don't have information. So if we take out the word conspiracy and say lack of information, lack of information, then everybody would understand that the people that stormed the Capitol the other day lacked information. If they got a problem, they need to sit down with the people who they think they have a problem with and they'll find out they have a common problem. You see, the people who went into the Capitol and other people of color who are working people, we have a common interest. But if I have a lack of information to show me that, then I think I'm in another class Instead of me being in the 12th grade, I think mm -hmm. I'm in college. Okay. Then that really gets back to the initial point that you were making about really education and that uh, you really can't avoid it. So when you talk about the historical view of what the, the society has gone through over an extensive period of time, over a number of years, centuries, um, you if you don't have real access to that information, no matter how you look at it, you can't make an intelligent decision about it. Correct. In other words, when the US Constitution was ratified, there was a whole group of people called Africans who were considered three-fifths of a person. Now, that information and that idea creates a conditioning. It's kind of like the Russian scientists 
Pavlov, when he discovered the Pavlovian mm -hmm. technique. If you do certain things and you say certain things and you devalue people in a certain way long enough, the people who are doing the devaluing take on a defective mindset. And they start believing that what they're doing is true. When in fact, it's not true. Because if we're endowed by our creator and we are, it is self-evident that we are created equal, then there's no such thing as a three-fifth compromise mm -hmm. or that we're not complete human beings. And so if this is not stopped, then it metastatized into an illness, a psychological illness. And as a result, it becomes a quote, cultist type reality, which is based on non-reality because every human being from a spiritual standpoint and from a, the creator's standpoint is equal in the universe. We are citizens of the universe. So how do I go or how do we go or how do the people go who are listening to this uh, discussion? How do we go from uh, our birthright as a citizen of the universe to being someone that I could put up a sign that says, let's say white only. I experienced that in my generation in the 60s, but I'm a citizen of the universe. And if I put up that sign, what am I saying about myself? So this kind of thinking doesn't stay static. It only continues to get, because the person who thinks it is not gonna be fulfilled. They are not happy. They are not happy because their brother and their sister, they know when they put their head on that pillow at night to go to sleep, that the person that I abuse today is my brother and my sister. Do you think they really have that understanding though? Because when you go back to that three-fifths of a human posture that relegates a whole, a whole uh, group of people into being other than human. So how would they identify someone that we fully acknowledge that all people are, are equal as human beings, but yet there's this segment of the population that says, except for, and they, they work those exceptions in, you know, across the board. To me, that's how the whole function of racism is able to um, continue. Correct. And the reason why they are able to do it, it is because on the conscious level, see the mind is an interesting thing and it's very powerful. It's one of the most powerful tools on the planet. 
our mind is more powerful than a computer, than a cell phone. We talk about smartphone. Well, our brain is very powerful, but we only use in about maybe 5% of its capacity. And so the people who say that this whole segment of society is not human, their, their mind has to devolve or not evolve to a point where they can understand that this is not true. This is what QAnon grows out of. It is not true, but then in order for the, mis the misinformation and somebody is manipulating the deck of cards to make sure that the working man and woman down in East Baltimore and West Baltimore and East and West all over America and all over the world got to keep fighting among ourselves. Like Barb Marley says, when I get a piece of bread, I got to fight my brother or my sister for it. So as long as we do that, then we are actually not growing, but we are deforming and becoming more deformed mentally. And until we can break free and look at what is going into our subconscious mind and question, see, we are asleep. I gotta be asleep to make, right. to say to another person, you are less than me. I'm better than you. I was born better than you because I got $10 more than you. I'm better than you. And that's as far from reality as the moon is from the earth. And so that's what we are actually seeing playing out every day on the TV and all around us, like yesterday in this House of Representatives. The lady, the, the representative, Marjorie Taylor Greene, right. said that the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, would be quicker to end her with a bullet to her head. Or the squad, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the others, you know, this is their worst nightmare, the big poster right. with the holding the weapon. So the only way we can get there is that there has to be misinformation starting out with the Constitution. We hold these truths to be self-evident. There's no way that 199 Republicans could support someone saying, I'm going to assassinate the Speaker of the House, or I'm going to take over the US Congress. 
or I'm going to destroy the democracy and democratic government. How do you support that other than through the generations where misinformation has been passed on and instead of me having a full bucket, by the time my great, 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 great grandchildren who went into the Capitol get to do that, they are operating with only 2% of reality. And that's the big question. How do we wake up everybody? Because you, there's an agreement, there's a silent agreement um, on, on everybody's part um, to allow that to continue, except that people are waking up. So what do you see for our future? I see, I see as uh, Louis Armstrong said, I see people walking down the street, the skies are blue, shaking hands, laughing. Mm -hmm. I see the new society, the new man and the new woman. It's like this whole thing about reproduction and child rearing. What we have here is not pessimism. What we have here is optimism and something is being born, the higher power has some influence here and there's no way we can continue to live outside of peace because we are social creatures and that's a contradiction. Every time I say I hate my brother, I have broken a natural law and just in and of that is self-correction. But then on a human level, we are going to, as we go through more and more discussion, we will see in the research that I have done in the history of the development of capitalism and so on, we're gonna be able to begin to see where the masses, when I say the masses, working people, see working people are asleep and they are not awake, but they are creating everything. They've created one of the richest societies on this planet. So we ought to be all living in what you might say, the most blissful reality ever known to human existence because the masses have done it. Now all we got to do is wake up and realize that we've done it. And then when we realize that we've done it, and then we see, for instance, like quote unquote reparations, where $4.2 trillion of unpaid African slave labor is operating today in society, and if this money is redistributed like mayonnaise on a slice of bread where everybody is covered, then we will see a great 
leap forward in social, economic, political development. And that's that rising tide that lifts all boats. So, Correct. Yes. So we have the power, and I, I take homage to the great reggae singer, Bob Marley, and he said, no, no nuclear bomb or weapon is more powerful than two people, three people, four people sitting together and seeing their common interests and acting on it. This is inevitable and independent of anything I say or anything anybody says, it's going to occur because it's natural law that their contradictions, you see, babies can't be born and not taken care of, no matter what color they are. Right. This is a natural law, says these children must be taken care of, the elderly who have given all that they had, their hands now are sore and some are doing well and others are doing as well as they can do. And they have to be taken care of. This is natural law. So really what you're saying is that although things look kind of grim from time to time, there is hope. And there, there's a way to get to that, as Dr. King said, the promised land. Uh, and we all can get there. It's, it's doable and it's possible. And it, at this point, I just wanted to make the audience aware that this is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, and I, I know that our listeners and, and viewers are finding this an absolutely fascinating conversation. I just want to make them aware that there's more to come. So, um, Dr. Lyles, would you share some of the um, publications? I know you have something coming out very soon. Uh, would you like to, uh, to announce that today? I can do that. I would do it just, but before I do it, I don't want, I don't want anybody to leave this discussion because we have a framework. We have a paradigm shift that we're gonna offer. And this will deal with what the problem is and we have a solution. And it's not something I made up. It's something that exists in everybody's existence. It's everywhere. And all we have to do is lock into it and be empowered by it so that we can take care of the little problem that we have if we join together collectively and understand what we need to, to do. Now, yes, uh, in just a matter of about two or three weeks from now, uh, I have a publisher in Canada that has indicated that a new book that I have is coming out very soon, 
and it's called COVID-19 Pandemic in America. I repeat, COVID-19 Pandemic in America. A blueprint for healthcare, profit, and needless death. And this is gonna be earth shattering because it's a blueprint. And there's over 440,000 Americans, good people, working people, families who've lost a loved one. And there are many, many more who are ill today. And this book show is dedicated to the American and the world. And it also shows how a blueprint was set in motion during the Trump administration. And in order to generate unheard of transfer of public funds to private industry or private sector, there had to be a demand for healthcare. And the virus, which is a novel virus, where it came from, how did it originate? Where did it originate? Who knew about it? Did it jump from a, one animal to another animal? Those are many of the questions that we're going to explore in coming discussions. And I think people will be fascinated. And then, and you talk about waking up. This is gonna wake them up because who would be interested? Uh, how would I feel if I listened to the discussion and I realized that, hey, this could have all been avoided. It's like smoking cigarettes. <sighs> I don't have to perish because of a preventable disease. All I gotta do is not smoke. And I can, 95% of 95% say, well, I'm not going to get lung cancer. And so with this virus, if we were able to deal with it properly without a blueprint and a secondary hidden agenda, we wouldn't have lost 450,000 Americans or the millions who've been lost worldwide. So everybody's gonna wanna know what's going on, like Marvin Gaye said. And COVID-19 pandemic in America, a blueprint for healthcare, uh, market, market demand and needless death. Profit is going to point all of this out. It's gonna bring it together under one umbrella and it's gonna be understandable. As Joe Madison said, it'll be put where the goats can get it. It'll be clear. Okay. Well, that is certainly something to look forward to. We're going to uh, keep the audience updated and apprised of the latest developments. And you know, I feel it's uh, the mission of Wake Up, Stand Up for Your Rights to um, keep people uh, informed and to help, help all of us to wake up. 
And so having information, having access to it is part of that process. Yes. And so uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we end for today? Well, we covered some history. We went back to the US Constitution. We talked about Thomas Jefferson, the Declaration of Independence. And we were looking at working class people and who built America. And so in the meantime, if I recommend highly that if anyone wants to start grabbing a hold of the history and how things have developed to this point, they need to go to Amazon and browse the book that I have up there that's called Historical Development of Capitalism in the United States and its Effect on the American Family, Volume 1, Volume 2. And what that will show is how we have evolved from politically, socially, economically, environmentally, and family, the effect on the family and what that has done to us spiritually in terms of being happy, being peaceful. How do we create peace? It's only through knowledge and only knowing how to apply knowledge and arriving at not my truth, but what it is objectively that the facts and what is revealed to us on this planet. And say the name of your book one more time so everyone can get it. The name of the book is Historical Development of Capitalism in the United States and its effect on the American family. Volume one, volume two, and volume one goes from pre-colonial times to 1920. That's before we even had capitalism. That's before we even had a government. This was during the Native American Indians society. It goes all the way back to the beginning, the very, 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 very beginning. And then volume two takes it from 1920 to 1960. Okay. And the other from 1960 to the present is written, but it hasn't been published yet. I see. I see. Well, we'll be waiting for that one as well, I'm sure. So I would just like to thank you, Dr. Lyles, for being our educator today and telling the story that all of us need to hear, which is a universal story. To some degree, all of us are asleep. And uh, depending on our, our position, our journey in life, we are waking up. Yes. Uh, so with, thank you for that. I, I, um, I just wanted to say that everybody has something to teach everybody if we're humble enough to listen. And that's a uh, indirect quote from a gentleman named Mark Driscoll. And I wanted to give him credit for that. 
but that yes. is true. We, we all do have stories and we all can teach each other. And that's right. one of the, the, the driving forces behind Just Folks Conversations with Emma. So yes. thank you again for joining me today. Uh, we'll be back. You're and, quite welcome. And I'm looking forward to our next discussion. Our I'm next also, conversation. yes, I'm also, and I'll just end by saying thank you for your time because time is so important. And also, um, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a student. So if I have a doctoral degree, it doesn't mean I have reached a certain mountaintop and that there's nothing else to know. There's always something to know all I have to do is listen and be quiet and be still and receive it and take that guidance and move forward accordingly. So yes, that's how you stay young, that's how you stay healthy, and that's how you stay wealthy and all the rest of it. And wise, and wise. Yes, and wise, <laughs> and wise. Yes, so thank you so much. I've been and thank, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I, I'm always in uh, learning posture when we talk and I can't wait to our next conversation that we can share, put it up on the airwaves. Yes. Well, just keep me informed of where we are and I will be where you ask me to be. Thank you so much, Dr. Miles. It's an honor as always. See you soon. You've been listening to Just Folks Conversations with Emma on Anchor and Spotify. You can find more Just Folks Conversations with Emma on my YouTube channel of the same name. Please give a thumbs up and subscribe. And I invite you to join my Facebook group where you can meet more really great folks just like you. See you soon.